So I want us to to start off kind of doing something a little different. Everybody, can you close your eyes for a second? And I want you to think about the people in your life that you love the most. Kind of, kind of bundle them together. Kind of group them together. See their faces. Think about the people in your life that you love the most. All right, you got a visual of, of those loved ones? Now I want you to think about them saying the words, man, I just, I hate myself. Man, I, I, I hate how I look. I hate this about me. I'm, I'm, such, I'm such a loser. I'm, I'm such a jerk. You guys can open your eyes. I wanted us to do that. Because as good as you are and as loving as you are and as kind as you are, it doesn't touch how much kinder and gooder our God is. And He loves you. And I think we run into a problem because I don't think we love ourselves as well as we should. I wish you had my perspective. I kept my eyes open. When I asked you to close your eyes, I wish you had my perspective because I kept my eyes open the whole time. And when I asked you to think about the people you love, I saw some of your faces, some of your countenance changed. Like there became like, like, a, like a joy and a smile and a light that came across your face when you were thinking about the ones you left. And then when I said the words, I want you to imagine those people saying, I hate myself. I wish you could have seen what I saw. Like confusion and even like irritation. Like I could, I think some of you for that moment and maybe still now, I don't know, were irritated with me. Like, what are you doing? You don't do that. Do we want those that we love to loathe themselves? No. Do we want them to hate ourselves, hate themselves? No. Do we even want them to feel bad about who they are? No. We want them to love themselves. We want them to, to be proud of themselves. We want them to have a strong sense of worth about who they are. So just to bring this to the obvious full circle, God loves you. And He wants you to love you too. I really wish I could have wrapped that. That would have been so much better if I could have wrapped that because it had a lot of rhyme going, but it wasn't happening. It wasn't, yeah. God wants you to like yourself. God wants you to love yourself. And I'm not talking about some, some uh, like weird, like self-obsessed kind of thing. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am saying that we are his creation. We are his handiwork. He is the author of our lives. He is our creator. We are his handiwork and he doesn't make junk. And he loves you. 
you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, please open up to Matthew chapter 19. God loves you. He wants you to like yourself and He wants you to love yourself. The devil hates you. He wants you to loathe yourself and to resent and distance yourself from others. I believe that's one of the end results of the enemy's plan of self-hatred is to distance ourselves from others. So let's jump straight to the word into a huge truth that Jesus makes in Matthew 19, 19. And he makes this huge truth by using a very small word. Matthew 19, 19. Honor your father and mother and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. As yourself. It's amazing the impact those two little words, letters have. A-S, as. Love others as you love yourself. So I think we see something strategic in this. Do you want to be effective in loving others? Do you want to be effective in loving the ones you love? Parents, do you want to be effective in loving your kids? People, do you want to be effective in loving your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers? To be truly effective at doing that, there has to be a level of love that you have for yourself. And we're going to talk about that today. Every person in our lives, they're dramatically affected by those two letters, that little word, as. The word as means the same. So in other words, love your neighbor the same way or to the same level that you love yourself. But what if you don't love yourself? What if you actually hate yourself? What if you actually despise yourself? What if... How is that going to be reflected in the way that we love others? It's going to come out. I'm letting you know right now. It is going to come out. It has to. It has to. The best thing that we can do for the people around us is to love yourself. So Paul echoes these sentiments in Ephesians 5, 28 and 29. He says, In the same way husbands should love their wives, and there's that word again, as their own bodies. They should love their wives as they love their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but he nourishes his own flesh, cherishes his own flesh, just as Christ does the church. Think about the protective measures we do for our flesh. I mean, we, we just cake sunblock on it. We wear gloves when, when we're getting, be in a situation. When we start, see sharp things, we're aware. And, and we take protective measures to protect our flesh, to care for our flesh. We got products to care for our flesh. I have fantastic soap, by the way. Duluth Trading Company, huge soap. It's like $9 a bar, worth every cent. 
the, the fragrance I currently have is called Smells Like Naval Supremacy. Is that an awesome name for soap or what? Smells Like Naval Supremacy. Oh my God. Okay. Or Air Force Supremacy. Okay. We, we, we care. We care for our flesh, right? So Paul uses that same word as to talk about the measure that we should go to, that husbands should go to in caring for and fighting for their marriages. This two-letter word, it demands an answer to this profound question. How do you feel about you? I'm serious. How do you feel about you? So the title of today's message is Loving You. Loving You. Okay, so I need to let you in on what could be an inside joke, which I don't want to do. I don't want to have an inside joke and you feel like you're on the outside of an inside joke and so I'm laughing and I'm smiling. You're like, why has he got that cheesy grin on his face? It's like, oh, he's privy to something I'm not privy to. So I'm just going to go ahead and let you get a glimpse into the, at times, juvenile mind of Mark Harper. Okay, are you ready? All right, so there's there's an actress. Her name is Maya Rudolph. She's a comedic actress. She's hilarious. She's awesome. That's her right over here on the right. She was on Saturday Night Live. She's in lots of movies. Um, I, I think she's hilarious. I think she steals the scene every time the camera's on her. So her mom was a woman named Maya Rudolph, or um, named uh, Minnie Ripperton. Anyone know who Minnie Ripperton is? Okay, if you don't know who Minnie Ripperton is, I'm about to share with you her claim to fame. Um, yeah, Minnie Ripperton sang a song in 1975, the year that my wife was born. Um, and it's, you, you've heard it in commercials, you've seen it in sitcoms and heard it. We're going we're gonna to listen to a clip of it from, from Saturday Night Special. It was a TV show back in the 70s. So let's play that clip of... Yeah, come on. Loving you is just a dream come true. And everything that I do is out of loving you. You can sing along. You know it. Don't attempt the high note unless you can hit it. Don't do it. It's glorious. Wonderful. All right. Minnie Ripperton, everybody. The song Loving You. So if I get this this grin on my face throughout the message, it's because I'm thinking of that. La la. I, I really... Can we all do it together? Would you... Like, would you... It, Okay, I'm not going to make you do it. I, I so desperately want that to be captured on, on film, though. Us singing, la, 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 yeah. I'm going to segue, by making a fool out of myself, I'm going to segue to the theme of, of humility. You may have been taught that humility requires you to feel bad about yourself. It's not true. That's not humility. Humility doesn't require you to feel bad about yourself. You, you may have been taught that humility at least requires you to not feel good about yourself. That is not true. Nothing could be further from the truth. Humility 
does not dictate how you feel about yourself. But humility does determine how you express your love for yourself to those around you. I truly believe that people miss out on on blessings of God because they don't know how to love themselves. And here's why I say that. See, if we won't, if there's not a certain amount of love and respect and honor and appreciation that we have for ourselves, then we're not going to think very highly of ourselves and we're not going to think we're deserving. We're not going to think we're worthy. I'm not worthy to be loved. I'm not worthy of blessings. I'm not worthy of this great job. I'm not worthy of friends. They're, they're lies, man. They're tied in. It's a lie straight from the enemy. And, and beating yourself down does not make you more humble and it doesn't make me more humble. I'm not worthy of this type of beauty. I'm not worthy of this type of love. I'm not worthy of wealth. I'm not deserving of being forgiven. How about that one? I'm not deserving of being forgiven. Because we loathe ourselves because of past failures. You guys, this message is relevant. This message is powerful. If we will grab a hold of it, this message can impact us in the most awesome ways and can impact every relationship we have. How many wonderful relationships and blessings have we missed out on over the years because we've loathed ourselves? And true humility is vital in being free. So here's, here's God's desire for us today, that we put an end to that today and we move forward in freedom. That is His desire. Now for some of you, maybe this doesn't apply. Maybe some of you are like, Mark, I'm being totally honest with you and I'm not being arrogant. I'm just being honest with you. I'm good. I, 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 I like me some me. And I've... You know, I'm proud of of who I am and God's made me and I feel like it's totally, we're good. If that's the case, then praise God. That's where I want us all to be. That's where God wants us all to be. But the truth is, this is something that the majority of us struggle with. It is humility and that form of godly self-love that make it easy to give others love because your soul is not starving for affection. When our souls are starving for affection, then we're just grabbing a hold of whatever we have and we're not as generous in giving that out. But when our soul is full, man, we've just had a, a good meal of love, man, we're just full and content and we've been doted over and just acknowledged and just loved on, and we're just full, the natural inclination is overflow. And and who gets it? Our kids, our spouses, our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors, everybody. When we starve our souls of love, we have no source or reservoir 
to draw from to truly love others. So it was interesting. Last week, Tyron was with us. It was a powerful day. It was an awesome message. I've listened to it a couple times now, and I plan on listening to it again. It was just awesome. And when he pulled up that, had that first chair brought out right here with the word life on it, and he started talking about our life and started talking about our worth and started talking about, you're awesome. You're awesome. That was just confirmation in my heart that this message, because, because this message has been brewing in my heart for a while. And it was confirmation of that moment saying, I got to share that next week. I mean this with all sincerity. And, and I say this not just from the bottom of my heart, but from the bottom of the Father's heart. If everyone could kind of look up at me for a second. And I'm going to try and scan the room. You are awesome. You are valuable. You are brilliant. You are beautiful. You are precious. You are prized. You are fought for. You are needed. You are great. You are creative. You are strong. You are valuable. You are... You are worthy of acknowledgement and, and accolades and attention. You're awesome. You're amazing. You're unique. You've got unique things that only you have that are phenomenal. You are awesome. You've got, you've got a great sense of humor. You know what's interesting? I started thinking about that part. I don't know, when I'm like, who, who, who do I know that has like the greatest sense of humor? And I start thinking of people, and next thing you know, that list was so long. You all, you guys, we have a great sense of humor. Why? Because of joy, because we love to laugh, because we're creative, because we're funny. You've got a great sense of humor. Tell me a joke. Not now, that'd be, that'd be inappropriate. Tell me later. Everyone blurting out jokes at once would be kind of confusing. You're uniquely you. There are things about you that are so stinking awesome because you're uniquely made. See, God's described as the author of our faith and the finisher of our faith. And he's, he's written the story of you, and it's amazing. And if you think about a story, because I, 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 like, I like reading if I can go back in time, that's the one thing I would tell young Mark. I would tell young Mark, why do you hate reading? Reading's awesome. Just don't be so busy. Reading is really great. Young Mark was a moron on some things, but yeah, he was also pretty cool on some things. He was really fit. And I like movies. Movies are broken down into three acts. The first act, we meet our, our characters and and, you know, we, we see them and something happens and all of a sudden, boom, there's defeat, there's failure, there's catastrophe, there's the storm. That's act one. Act two is hard. It's hard to watch in a movie. Act two is, is, is the hardship, the difficulty, watching our heroes, the, the characters that we love, walk through difficulties. And then act three is the act we love. It's triumph. It's victory. It's They've been pulled up. They've been dusted off. They've been trained. There's an 80s montage with awesome music and with keyboards. And, and then there's victory. Those are the three acts. And I don't know what act 
you feel like you're in right now in your life. I don't know if it's maybe that second act where you feel like I'm in that place of, of defeat. And if that's you, man, you've got a third act coming. God is faithful. Get ready for that montage, man. Get ready to, to just to see the Lord show His faithfulness in the coolest ways. Maybe if we're in that, that place of that difficult second act, maybe it's because we've made some stupid decisions. Good Lord, I've made so many stupid decisions. I want you to know right now, even if we've made stupid decisions, even if our actions have brought us to, to a difficult place, that still doesn't mean we loathe ourselves. That still doesn't mean we hate ourselves. That is not the Father's heart, period. The Father's heart is always redemption. Always redemption. Always restoration. That's the Father's heart. You guys celebrate you. Celebrate you. Acknowledge you. Acknowledge your strengths. It's not vanity. I'm not asking you to go to some weird place. You hear my heart. You know what I'm saying. Acknowledge you. Acknowledge that you're pretty stinking wonderful. And then acknowledge the Lord in in His creativity and the ways that He has given you some really cool traits that you're proud of. And you can be proud of those traits. And be at peace with it. So I thought of an analogy, and I want you guys to think about it for a second. So think about when you're on a flight, right? When you're on a plane. And flight attendants and the speaker, you know, the pilot, the whoever, they stop you from doing everything you're doing. Hey, put away your devices for a second. Hey, unplug for a second. We need your attention just for a minute. Direct your attention to the flight attendants because they're going to point out all the pertinent information you need, right? They have a valuable message to share. And what's that message? In the event of the loss of cabin pressure, oxygen masks will fall automatically from the panels above, right? Then they say, secure your mask and breathe normally. And then what do they say? Do this before you help others. Right? Do this before you help your children. Do this before you help someone else. Why do they communicate this? Why, why are these the last words they communicate to you before you guys, before we hit the air? To answer bluntly and candidly, you're no good to anybody if you're dying. You're no good to anybody if you're dying. If you've passed out on the floor trying to help someone while you yourself weren't even breathing, you're no good and now you've actually caused another problem that someone else is going to have to overcome. It's actually pride 
and arrogance and stupidity and disobedience, if you think you know better than that flight attendant or that voice overhead saying, fix your mask first. So I, I know, I know y'all. I know your hearts. I know your desires to help other people, to touch other lives, to love generously. I know your hearts, but I'm telling you right now, put that mask on first and breathe normally. Love others as you love yourself. So take that step back and love yourself. I love repentance. You guys know I love repentance. I love, it's a gift. Repentance is such an awesome gift. It means we get to change our mind and, and change a pattern and change actions to what we were doing and say, Lord, I hear how you think on the matter. I see what you think on the matter. And I change my mind. It's going to lead to a change of actions because I, I believe I have your mind on the matter now. And I'm telling you guys, if you've got to repent of self-loathing, then you have got to repent of self-loathing. If you have got to repent of self-hatred, you have got to repent of self-hatred. You've got to change your mind. You've got to see how the Lord sees about it. And He loves you. And He loves me. And if we haven't forgiven ourselves for our, our worst moments, then we've got to forgive ourselves. Because see, our Father doesn't define us by our worst moments. He defines us by the best moment ever and that's the completed work of Jesus Christ. That's how we're defined. The completed work of Jesus Christ that just obscures our weakest moments when we'll cry out in the name of Jesus. But if we keep beating ourselves up over past failures, that's not what God wants for us and that hinders the ways that we can move forward in love. Loving yourself is the key to a prosperous soul. It's agreement with God. It's this wonderful agreement with God. And it allows us to freely receive His love even more. It's a key to becoming healthy and prosperous in every area of our lives. So how do I love myself? I originally had eight steps. I've stricken seven of them. I'm just going to give you one. How's that? I'm just going to give you one. If you want others, I'll give you like, I'll spoon feed them to you. Like you call me or text me and I'll give you the next one. And when you've done that, I'll give you the next one because they're all good. So how do I learn to love myself? So here's the one I want to give you today. Number one, there is no number two. Don't wait for number two right now. Number one, discover who God says you are. Discover who God says you are. There are hundreds of scriptures that convey who you are in Christ Jesus, that convey who you are. Hundreds, and I'm not exaggerating. So let me give you a few. Let me just help you with this journey. Let me just kind of feed you a few of them. Romans 
But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That means that when we were at our worst, He says, you're deserving of the life of my son. The connotation here is that you used to be a sinner. You used to be someone whose nature was to sin. But that's not your nature anymore. Now you, may st- you still sin, right? I still sin, but it's not our nature. When we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, it's no longer our nature. I'm, I am not a sinner. I'm not a sinner. I'm a saint. I'm a son. Now, I still make mistakes, but I am not a sinner. That is not my nature. The blood of Jesus and me crying out to Him, it, it did away with that nature. I'm not a sinner. I was a sinner, and I am saved by grace, but I am not a sinner. And you are not a sinner. Not if you've trusted in Jesus. Not if you cried out to the name of Jesus. Our nature has been changed. And with new life comes new identity that says I'm a son, that says I'm holy. That's one verse, right? That's one verse. Just just unpacking one verse on what it says about us. Here's another. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen... I'll I'll go ahead and stop right now. I I love that... that, um, I mean, I... I always had a good relationship with my mom, with my dad. But there's something, and I love that. That's awesome. But there's something really powerful about adoption. It just really is. There's something really powerful about being chosen. I just, I really, I love it. I love it so much. And just even stopping here, you are chosen. You are chosen. He chose you. You are chosen. You are handpicked. All of us. A royal priesthood. I like that too. That sounds awesome. A holy nation, a people for his own possession. He, he's possessive of, of you. He loves you. He cares about you. You're his own. You're his. He dotes over you. That you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You're in the light. Man, think about how good the sun feels after it's been cloudy or cold or raining. You step out and you're like, ah. That's the effect of letting God shine on us. Once you were a people, but now you are God's. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Romans eight fourteen and 15. Once again, it speaks of being adopted and it, it speaks of a level of closeness with God that we get to call him daddy. Abba. We get to call him papa or daddy or whatever that affectionate term is. You want to love yourself? Grab a hold of five scriptures. Memorize five scriptures. Find five scriptures in the wealth of of what we have here and take five of them and, and lay hold of them and say, I'm doing this with the intentionality of loving myself 
and I want to see what God says about me and I'm going to believe it and I'm going to grab a hold of it and I'm going to write it close to my heart. And I'm going to do this as the first step of me loving myself. It's important. It's important. If I can talk about just the power of God for a moment, His power is big enough to break the power of shame in your life. His power is is absolutely fueled by His love. And if there's things that you're carrying that are heavy or shameful, His love and His power are great enough to to destroy it. If you'll if you'll let Him, if you'll call out and let Him, and just say, "All right, Lord, no more. I'm tired of carrying this thing around. I'm tired of lugging this thing around." If there's something that you had no say in the matter, but there's something that's heavy that's taking place in your life, and it was thrust upon you. You didn't have a choice in the matter. Somebody imposed their will on you. And it's still heavy and it's still hard. I'm telling you right now, God's love and His power is big enough to heal you from that that violation. It is. His love is big enough. He wants us to love ourselves. And like I said, I, I, I believe you know my heart in saying this. I, I'm not taking it to some you know, weird place of obsession with ourselves. You know that. But I'll tell you what, man. If, if, we, if we have misconstrued humility as meaning that we can't even like ourselves, that's a lie from the enemy. If we have misinterpreted humility as saying that we can't appreciate and value and, and just be tickled with ourselves. Now, there's times I crack myself up. Mini Ripperton was getting played whether any of you smiled or not. I'm going to leave here singing Loving You is Easy Because You're Beautiful. And I told Brian before the service, I'm like, I don't know that anyone's going to think it's funny. I think it's hilarious and I'm playing it. Sometimes we just got to be tickled with ourselves. Sometimes we just have to appreciate ourselves. And all the time, there has to be a sense of love this rooted in obedience and trust for God that says, Lord, I want to be effective in loving others. So I'm going to intentionally do the things you're asking me to do to love myself. You're so lovable. You are. You're so lovable. You're so deserving of love. You're so deserving of the biggest expressions of love. Will you receive his love today, just in big measure, whatever he wants to give?